does your church do to involve families during Lent? What do you do at home to help your children understand what Jesus has done for them? What resources related to Lent and Easter do you use? Join us today as we talk about activities and resources for families and the church. My guests today are Mark Sanjalei, who has served on the curriculum team at Concordia Publishing House for over 20 years as a development editor, and Julie Baumler, the Family Life Coordinator at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Mount Vernon, Iowa. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries, and your host for today's program. Thanks, Mark and Julie, for being our guests today on Family Shield. Thanks, Kay. Thank you, Kay. Glad to have you. So, Mark, why do we celebrate Lent? Lent is really a time of reflection as we prepare for uh, celebrating Christ's ascension, or resurrection and ascension. And it's really a time that we put apart and put ourselves apart to really spend time reflecting on God's Word, uh, reflecting on the great sacrifice that Christ makes on, on Good Friday, and just a time, uh, a time of really contemplating, I guess. For me, it's a really kind of a fun, quiet time. I spend more time in the Word. I got into a habit when I was in college. Our college had silent time from 6 until 6.05 every evening. Everything stopped. And it was just a time to spend in prayer, time to spend in the Word. And I still try to remember to do that today. It doesn't always work with busy lives, but it's kind of a good time for me as a reminder. Good. Well, again, we're talking about Lenten resources today, so that's great. So, Julie, um, uh, in the church, we uh, often say that during Lent, we don't say Alleluia. Uh, what does Alleluia mean, and why don't we say that during Lent? Well, Alleluia means praise the Lord, and during Lent, we um, say that we kind of put away or bury the alleluias because Lent is a quieter time, um, not a time to party, so to speak, but instead it's a time to pray. So in the Lutheran Church especially, we put away the word alleluia during Lent. Okay, good. Well, we want to talk about numerous resources today, but one of them that I really enjoyed learning about was Journey to the Cross, produced by Concordia Publishing House. And I want to ask Mark and then Julie, I'll also ask you a little bit more about that, because that is a tremendous program for Sunday schools, and I guess even it says even outreach for families to use. So, Mark, tell us just a little bit as we get started about the program Journey to the Cross. If you can imagine, a lot of congregations are used to doing something where they have uh, at Christmas time where they may have a live nativity and people visit different stations of the nativity. Kind of the same concept of visiting different stations, but it's all of Holy Week. So you start with the very beginning of Holy Week, and actually a little bit before the beginning of Holy Week, excuse me, but you get the story of Jesus leading up to the cross and then eventually, of course, his resurrection, and you visit different characters and different people along the way as you go from place to place. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is really, it's very cool. It's been, I've had the opportunity to experience it, see it, and it just is really fun to see the different way that kids react and people react, because they've heard the story, they may have heard the story many, many times in church, but it's a very different way of reflecting on it. So you start by visiting Mary as she's anointing Jesus with perfume, and you smell some of the perfume that might have been used at that time. You visit with a donkey, 
uh, was the donkey that Jesus rode to remind us of the of the ride into Jerusalem. And the next station, of course, after you have the donkey, you go and see the palms and the palm branches. And the kids wave palm branches and kind of do a little early Palm Sunday celebration as they lay the palms before the, onto, onto the road or onto the street. You see the 30 coins of silver that Judas had and have an opportunity to handle it and talk about what was going on with Judas as he was preparing to deny Jesus. You wash the hands and feet as Jesus washed his disciples' feet. You celebrate a little bit of Passover by sampling some foods that would be traditionally served on Passover. It sounded so cool. Oh, it's just, it's so cool. And yeah. then they spend time in prayer and talk about Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. They look at the whip and the thorns as reminding of Jesus' punishment that he received from the Roman soldiers. And then the hammer and the nails, of course, are a very somber reminder of Christ being nailed to the cross. Okay, I'm going to come back to okay. you um, because we'll talk about this a little bit. But Julie, you shared with me a little bit more about what your congregation has done for the journey to the cross. But tell me about the Alleluia Parade, was it? Well, we have um, every other year we make um, Alleluia banners. And um, first of all, we... Um, at the beginning of Lent, we'll go around the church, and we'll um, we have banners from previous years that are hanging up through our church, and we will go and we will take those off of the walls, and we will put them. We just put them into a Rubbermaid tub. It's not very fancy, but we put them away for the season of Lent. And then, um, as we get closer to Easter, then we'll make new banners um, that we will actually use um, during the sunrise service on Easter Sunday, and we, the different classes will parade to the front and hang their banners in the front of the sanctuary. That's neat. Yeah, I love that idea. I've, I've actually heard of churches that literally place them into a box, take their Alleluia banners and put them into a box and bury them. Oh, yes, I heard that, As we talk about too. burying the Alleluias, but I, it's such a great hands-on experience for kids. It really that would is. Be cool. And, and it, Go ahead, Julie. I was going to say it really is. We uh, we talk about burying them, but we don't actually bury them out like in the yard or anything. We we bury them in the storeroom, unfortunately. But um, but it, we do talk about how we bury them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what you do with the journey to the cross, Julie. Especially maybe getting involved volunteers involved because it, it takes a lot of volunteers to pull this off, does it not? It does take a lot of volunteers, and we did um, the Journey to the Cross a couple of years ago, just on a smaller scale. Um, the idea for our congregation was to start small the first year that we did it, and if we could get enough volunteers, it might be something that we grow um, to invite the community to. But when we used the Journey to the Cross, we did it with um, our Sunday school families, so the kids and the adults um came and participated in the different stations, um, and we unfortunately had a rainy day, so we had to do everything inside, but ideally it would be a really, you know, depending on the time of the year and the weather um, that Easter lands in, um, it would be a really neat thing to do outside, but what I liked about it is um, we were able to use volunteers It'd be nice if you had volunteers that, you know, one or two per station, but we were able to do some doubling up of volunteers. So somebody might um, 
man um, one of the stations at the beginning of the journey, and then they would also move to a different room and then help out with a a different station. So that worked out pretty well for us because we had a smaller group. That's great. That's great. So, Mark, I want to go back to you related to this. In the paperwork I saw about the Journey to the Cross, it can be used as an outreach tool, which I really like, outreach to families. What did you intend, or how would you do that? Um, It really was, as you said, it was intended it could be used within a congregation or also for an outreach to do a community kind of thing. Uh, One of the things I've thought about doing is uh, encouraging our Lutheran High School in our area to do that. They do one for Christmas time. Why not CPH? Don't they do an outreach? (laughs) They do. Wrong time of year, right? um, it would be a great thing for high school, say some drama students from oh, high school, yes. to portray the different characters oh. in the story and to kind of dress it up a little bit more sure. and have it be an opportunity for folks from the community rather than doing a community Easter egg hunt or something yeah. like that. Oh, what a Have nice kids experience idea. all those different stations. They so. could even have the Easter egg hunt at oh, yeah. the end oh, or yes, something. Oh, yes, they sure yes. could. <laughs> Whoa, I love that. That is awesome. Uh, and, and there's so much. I mean, I had a whole list, and we're going to later on – tell people where they can find the resources from CPH. But what else do you want to share about One of the nice things, as Julie pointed out, which is great, we actually give permission. Sometimes users are like, oh, I can't do this. There's so many people involved. It requires so many volunteers. And one of the things we do in there is we say, it's okay to skip these stations. And so there's like three or four stations we say, these are completely optional. If you've got a smaller group, smaller church, not as many volunteers, feel free to skip these or double them up, as she said, have people double up and do things together, mm-hmm. but still hit the highlight, the main stations uh, without all of the small details. So it lets you work with a smaller group of volunteers. And it sounds like she was very smart in yes. figuring out how she could use her volunteers right. to get the most bang for the buck, so to speak. Sometimes a Sunday school superintendent will look at that and say, we can't do that. But this is the way to get some of the parents that maybe never come to church or get involved in Sunday school to get them involved because right. people usually, if you give them a short volunteer opportunity, they'll say yes. Exactly. And then it's fun. And then they meet other moms and they meet the children and it can be a great way to, to get some of the inactive families a little more actively involved. That's exactly what I was going to say, Kay. Um, the one thing that the journey to the cross does offer um, is it's, it's a short, you know, one or two hour kind of commitment, but it's also, you don't have to know every station. You just need to know, okay, this is the one thing that I have to do, and I might have to do it for two or three groups, but mm. this is the one thing really? that I have to do. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Your, your tour guides are the people who really need to do the most, and that's mostly just so they know where to go next mm-hmm. on the tour, but... Uh, yeah, the folks who are working at the stations just need to have the little short script. None of them are longer than a page. Yeah. Kind of in, in their heads. But nice. But if you need the script there as your prop, that's okay, too. That's great. Well, that's just one wonderful resource uh, that uh, Concordia Publishing House has available. Another one, and I think it was Julie that shared this with me, which I hadn't seen, is the Eyes on Jesus Lent and Easter Calendar. I think that's one of your new resources. And I loved it because it has a simple idea for every day. Now, here's two of the simple ideas. I just wrote a couple. Plant some grass seeds in a pot. Let the grass that grows from the dead seeds be a visual reminder of Jesus' death and resurrection. And then with your family, read John 12, 20 to 26. A simple, I love simple little devotions for families 
because you know if they're little it sh- i always said if they're three it shouldn't be more than three minutes i right. mean that's that's my gauge for very young children and then one more look around your house to see how many crosses you can find what do you think about when you see a cross and then read matthew 16 21 to 23 I love it. Yeah, I love those. I, I just finally saw them about two weeks ago with these little the calendars. And one of the lovely benefits of working at CPH is they actually gave them to all the employees oh, nice. for us to take to our congregation so we could distribute them there. So I took some this Sunday to my church and put them out. I know they got gobbled up right away sure. for everybody. Because so. yeah. it is, like you said, they're very... Because they have to fit in the little box right. on the calendar. Right, <laughs> you got to be really It's got to be really succinct. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice, nice, very good. Well, let me make a couple announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking about some additional resources for families and church. Today, Family Shield is giving away Helping Your Child Grow in Faith. To request a complimentary booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center at one 877 Our email witness to family at gmail.com the family shield radio program airs on 50 radio stations each week throughout the united states and is also available through our podcast we're a listener supported ministry and your gift makes the program possible we invite your prayers and support if you'd like to support us send your donation to family shield ministries p.o box 230015 St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website. If you're a Thrivent financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call them 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. You can also sign up to receive our complimentary email newsletter that's sent out monthly uh, on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com, or you can send us your email and we'll do it for you. Now, uh, before we go back, I want to ask Mark to share CPH's website and where people can find all these great resources. (laughs) Uh, CPH's website is www.cph.org, cph.org. Or if you want to call the 800 number, 800-325-3040. And they'll be more than happy to help you. We have a wonderful customer service department that will be happy to help you find Journey to the Cross or any of the Easter resources. Right now, if you go on the website, they do have a special Easter banner, Easter Lenten banner, so you can kind of follow that. And that will lead you to a lot of the resources available. Good. And you have many new ones, too. I know I didn't know how much time we would have, but uh, uh, can you share one or two other resources just from memory because I didn't ask you to bring them? <laughs> um, I just know a lot of our children's books are wonderful for uh, oh, Easter yeah. books. And there's always arch books. I love giving arch books to kids. Uh, we'll, we'll look for those when they have special sales and buy them in bulk. That's my wife is a kindergarten teacher. And they're always, every Easter, all of her kids get an Easter book, which they don't expect. They're always used to Christmas presents. Uh-huh. But when they get an Easter arch book, and we always make sure it's one that has the whole story of the resurrection in it. Uh, and it's a really great resource for kids. That's and they great. love having it in their hands. It's like, I got a book. And we see them in church and see them all over the place. So, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful resources from CPH for all ages. That's exactly. right. Well, Julie, uh, you've done a lot of other things uh, through your uh, work with the church and also with your family. Tell us something else you've enjoyed doing uh, uh, with the children during Lent or toward Easter. Uh, 
Um, so one thing that we've done is sometimes we have what we call an Easter social for our Sunday school kids, and we have um, played some some games. We've done some crafts, and uh, one favorite of the kids is making resurrection rolls. Resurrection rolls. Hmm. Yes, if you've never heard of resurrection rolls, uh, it's uh, taking a marshmallow, and that represents... Um, the body of Jesus, and then you roll it in butter, which represents the the oils that they anointed his body with, and then you roll it in cinnamon sugar, which represents the spices that they anointed him with. You uh, wrap a um, crescent roll just from the tube around that marshmallow and kind of seal it all up, and that represents the tomb. Oh, wow. And you bake them, and then after they're baked, you open them up, and the marshmallow has miraculously disappeared, and we talk about how (laughs) Jesus has, you know, is no longer in the tomb. Oh, I love that. I saw it, but I wasn't real sure what it was. I know I've done Christmas cookies like that, that uh, that there's a, a story, you know, for teaching the children about the, the story of Christ. And before I forget, I also have a pretzel recipe, because many yeah. times people make pretzels during Lent, and I would be happy to email that to anyone that emails us at witness2family at gmail.com. Uh, what else, Julie? It sounds like you've been involved in many activities with uh, your own children and also the children at your congregation. Well, one thing, I like that you mentioned the calendar that we had talked about, because we do like to put um, resources in the hands of our families. They're obviously the first faith teachers of children, mm-hmm. and and uh, getting them used to kind of reading the um reading the Bible to their kids and talking about God with their children. And um, so we've, we've done some different Lenten devotions over, over the years. Um, I readily admit to using a lot of, of Pinterest. Um, Pinterest has been a really good resource. If you search um, either Lent activities for kids or... Um, or Easter activities for kids. There is just a, a real wealth of activities. Um, one thing that we've also done within the church is we've kind of talked about different things that they'll see during Lent, and um, it's really a uh, feast of the the senses, so to speak. Um, when you think about... Uh, Palm Sunday and, and waving the palm branches in our church, um, the kids as well as the adults um, all profess into church on Palm Sunday, um, singing Hosanna and, and waving those palm branches. Um, on Monday, Thursday, um, the children will witness communion, obviously, but then um, we also strip the altar um, so we take the, the altar cloths off and we take the candles off and we kind of lay that bare, and that's a good visual reminder. Sometimes our pastor also will have um, incense that he'll, he'll um, burn during the Lent services, which is kind of a, you know, a different sense than we typically use in church. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, on Good Friday at those services... Um, they 
at the end of the service, we watch each of the candles being snuffed out and the lights in the sanctuary are dim. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. And then on our Easter vigil service, we, we have candles. And so we um, have that service by candlelight, mm. um, which the kids really enjoy. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Let me go back to Mark here for a minute. He's, she's been sharing some good ideas. I, I just what, love what all do these you ideas. Think? I know, I love it too. It brought back memories of a church I'd worked for in Michigan. The pastor would take the Christ candle on Good Friday, and he actually placed it underneath the altar as if Christ's body Couldn't was going see. into the oh, into the right. tomb, so the light went down and goes oh. into the underneath, and so it's kind of hidden in the darkness underneath the altar. Uh-huh. Uh, very cool. Uh, one thing we used to do, I, I was in charge of Sunday school at my last parish, and four times a year we took off and we didn't do regular Sunday school, and Easter was always one of the times. Rather than abandoning Sunday school altogether on Easter, we planned something fun as a family activity, so all ages came together. And each year, I loved it. Pinterest didn't exist back when I was in Paris. So I was, I was much more desperate to go find I used to resources. Go to the library. Yeah, for right. Things. Yeah, library. <laughs> Talked to as many early childhood teachers as I could track down. Uh, but we just did things like one year we did all the different celebrations of Easter around the world. Oh, and so nice. each station was something. Yeah. Uh, so making the cascarone eggs that have the glitter and stuff inside of them, uh-huh. blowing out 200 eggs was not fun. But. <laughs> Uh, all those kind of so lots of hands-on things for families to do together, as they talk about Easter around the world. In fact, that we is celebrated in many places as Christ's resurrection is celebrated around the world. So. Yeah, great, Julie. I'm also remembering <coughs> you mentioned you do a Sunday school Easter party. Was did, yeah. What what do you do? I mean, Mark brought this up. Is that most of the time Easter. The parents, the families come together, but there's nothing for the children, and it's kind of nice to bring them all together. You know, the right. church is one of the only places that intergenerational activities is still happening. It's very important for strengthening families. So what do you do with that? Well, so we have had different um, stations that we've done. We've um, made resurrection gardens, which is um, kind of a a tray with soil in it, and then we plant some grass seed, and we bury a little, um, oh, just a little clay pot on its side to make a tomb, and um, then that grass will start to grow, and then we have some little um, crosses that we make out of twigs, little tiny crosses, and and that's one of those Pinterest things. So if you, you know, if, if you're interested in the Resurrection Garden, um, you can just search that on Pinterest. Yeah, I, Google I couldn't whatever. understand what it was, and I did a search, and I'm like, oh, of course. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so you have to see it to, to and understand that's it. a really neat thing. Um, you know, we did that when my girls were young, and um, it's nice to have, you know, sitting in our, in our kitchen table throughout mm-hmm. the Lenten season and a little bit after Easter as mm-hmm. well. Um, the other thing that we've done is um, there are some really wonderful um, Easter um, crafts that you can do, um, certainly lots of cross crafts. One thing that we've done is we've each made, we just took some paper crosses and cut them out and decorated them with markers and um Markers and colored pencils and watercolors if they wanted to. And then we um, stuck those all on a big bulletin board in the shape of a larger cross. So the small crosses made a larger cross, and that bulletin board was 
in our narthex area where everybody could see it. And it was really fun to see the kids, um, you know, showing their parents the cross they had made, and adults could participate as well. We had the crosses available during um, our uh, fellowship time, and several adults added to it. And so that was kind of a neat congregational um, art display that we had. Great. I want to go back to Mark because you guys both have so many <laughs> wonderful ideas. I, I was thinking about the one, uh, actually, my in laws' church does this, who did a number of years ago. They made, someone in the congregation was a woodworker, made little wooden crosses about eight inches tall or so. And they received those on Ash Wednesday. And then every Wednesday, as they went to the different Lenten services, there was another piece that got added to the little scene. So there was a nail, there was a purple piece of fabric mm. that was wrapped around the top of the cross. It was a little tiny sponge reminder about the vinegar that Christ took. Mm. Um, I think there was a little spear, and each of these different elements then was laid on the base next to the cross, and so it helped retell the story. That's a great thing. Kids love, love, love being able to tell the story to adults. Right. And so when they have and little they, simple things like that, they have the little symbols. They yeah. can, those little things they can remember. Okay, I know this is for, and then listening to them tell that story. Um, this was years ago that my in laws first had this. My son is now 21. And he would be embarrassed by saying, but I, I still have these visions of him as a small child retelling the story as he laid each of those pieces out. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Um, so we've got two minutes left. I'm going to ask Mark just to anything else. And I know we had, we could have talked for another hour at least, I'm sure. But any uh, any other ideas or thoughts that come to your mind as we kind of end the program? Just any way that you can involve children in the story. I love her idea about um, having the kids and the adults process in on Palm Sunday. In fact, I'm going to suggest that to my pastor. Um, one of the ones our kids at our church love doing is making crosses out of the palms. Um, our pastor shows the kids how to do that every year. Actually, even put a, a tutorial up on YouTube now mm. of how to fold your palm branch into a cross. Um, and that's another real visual, tactile way for kids to be involved. Wonderful, wonderful. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries and my guest, Mark Sangele and Julie Baumler. Uh, we've been talking about Lenten activities, and we had so many great ideas. And I know I could have talked for a longer time because they both have more ideas here than we had time for. But... I think the most important thing is that we remind our children that Jesus suffered and died for their sins and that even when they do things wrong, those sins that we do, that they are forgiven because of Christ. And then help them learn to share that story with others. That's a, uh, important that we pass that wonderful story of the, the suffering and death of Jesus Christ for all people along to all families. So our time is just about up. I want to mention our website again, uh, Family Shield Ministries website, www.familyshieldministries.com. You can find our resources and our podcast. And uh, many of our programs are, are on our website or through the Apple podcast. Of course, we also air it on 50-plus radio stations. So we want to thank you for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.